0: Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels.
1: Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. And Joe, you're just coming off of Mecca 9 this past Sunday. Where to start with that? <laughs> uh,
0: you can start anywhere you like.
1: Well, let's start uh, at the um, the beginning idea. You, you put the show together. You put the card together. And I think for once, you actually didn't have to scramble and redo the card. Everything was in place?
0: Uh, yeah. You know, w- w- we had that... Uh- the match is set uh, a pretty good amount of time in advance. We had we had plenty of time for issues,
1: and and the one percent made it.
0: Yes, they did. You know, I I had to book them on Southwest instead of Frontier. So, <laughs>
1: um, <clears throat> when you look at putting a show together like this, of course, it's a bigger show for you. Um, how was it in terms of um, the fans showing up? What did you think in terms of the turnout? Was it kind of what you expected or was it a little less than you expected? or well, more? It,
0: it was way less than I expected. I was uh, extremely disappointed. You know, it was it was a, a decent amount of people there. You know, you can't say, oh, my God, what a shit show. You know, I've seen places in town that have run with seven people. And when you read about it, you you would think there was 300 people. Like we had 300 people and I was like, wow, this is this is pretty quiet. We didn't have to grab the extra seats like we usually put in around, you know, three and change. And in most cases, we're we're adding chairs and I'm I'm the last person who wants to make an excuse because, you know, when AEW is in town last year, it was like, well, we need to run shows because there's all these wrestling fans. Well, WWE is in town, which again is a little different because AEW was spaced out of three out of five or six days. Right. Uh, so people came into town for more than one day. The thing is, with WWE being only one day, there's probably a good chance that there was not that many people from, say, Phoenix coming to the show because they had a show a week or two ago. Or people from L.A. aren't coming out because they have SmackDown on Friday and two nights of WrestleMania this week coming out. So... Are we relying? Because in the past, the Mecca relied on, hey, Ring of Honor's in town. So there's going to be, it's their biggest pay-per-view of the year. And that's how we got started. So I can't sit here now and say, well, you know, everybody went out. But I could look at that as reasoning that, hey, you know, families go to SmackDown. They're buying T-shirts and Wrestlemania is next week And more people from Vegas Are going to go to LA for that too So You know Not only was there a show this week There's Wrestlemania next week Undertaker was in town Which from what I understand Was a packed house So When you have to make decisions On where you're not going You know there, There's a good possibility That it's like hey, man, this is a pretty good card, but I'm spending a lot of money this week, and my disposable income is basically taking a hit for two months. Yeah. So I can't just add another FSW show. And, you know, we sold out front row because the diehards are always going to come for that, and that that wasn't the issue. Like, I know, you know, I keep track of every every sale, and it's like, Man, second row is really light. You know, we usually not say we're going to sell out second row, but, you know, there was only a couple people who bought second row and more people bought GA, which they always do. A lot of people don't want second row. It's either first row or third row. It's like, well, they'll save. It's a difference of $15 a ticket. So a family of four saving $60 to sit three feet back. Right, and I get it. So, you know, we did the numbers at the end of the day, and you know they were they they were uh, they were better than uh, they were before the day. So, you know, every, every everything can't be a home run. You can't have a great show and great attendance and you know no issues you know th- those are very rare that everything falls into place and you have the perfect show sure you know look at wwe you know they're gonna sell millions and millions of dollars and there's still questions of hey is bobby Lashley even on the show right because things come up so it was mecca nine It was Chris Bay and John Morrison. It's a match that Chris had wanted for a long time. Uh, John, big fan of Chris Bay. So, you know, he he loves Vegas. He loves us. So, you know, as I stated when he was on last week, you know, I don't bring somebody on there and say what a great guy he is. I just, you know, a lot of guys, good people, good people. But right. there's some that for all he's done in 20 years, he's a true superstar in this business who is always looking out to help. Yeah. Not to check and the fucking bricks. So, so John did, you know, I knew, I knew it's going to bring it. He was going to bring it for the show. And, you know, He needed a nap when he came in. He crashed at my house, and so he so he adds, you know, my my uh, my spare my spare bedroom bed has had some of the biggest stars in professional wrestling. You know, Brian Cage has been there. The Reno Scum have been there. Uh, It's a few others. I I think Tito. So maybe even a Ricker. So.
1: So, so he spent an LA night there, huh?
0: LA night, yes.
1: <laughs> um, the card itself, uh, you're you talking a little bit here about uh, Morrison and uh, Chris Bay. Um, would you think, uh, you know, of course you're you're moving around and stuff, but I know a lot of times you'll get a little bit of a focus on, uh, especially that main event um, when you have a guy like Morrison in there with a guy like Chris Bay. <laughs> uh, Do you think that the match was not necessarily what you uh, imagined it, but do you think because uh, those guys have wanted to do the one-on-one for a while that they were happy with the match that they put on?
0: I'm pretty sure. Chris was pretty banged up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I talked to him after the fact, and he said it felt pretty good. So, you know, he got injured. And, you know, he went and he took care of business and, you know, I thought it was a pretty solid match overall, you know, it's a little difficult because John's really being presented as a baby face also. So, you know, you're going to have some dueling chance and and John has that infectious smile and, you know, people gravitate toward him, but everybody loves Chris. So maybe that's a match where not everybody's like, oh, because, you know, they're they're, they're there to enjoy the match, you know. And it was like, yeah, you know, from from the start of the show, there was, you know, I guess somebody forgot the ropes and nothing was getting set up. And then I'm sitting there because I'm running the door because I have all the names on the list and it's easier for me to deal with. And then I'm like, oh, shit because I made up the envelopes like three days earlier. So I stick the envelopes in a box instead of out in public. So if somebody broke in my house, they could take a lot of money, you know? Or, you know, Joey wanted to put it all on black or something, you know, or red, (laughs) code red. So, So I put it in a box. I make sure I get everything. So I had to pick up Juicy and Morrison from the airports. So, Juicy got checked in. Uh, Morrison stayed with me. So, then when it was time to go, because I wanted to get there early, uh, John wanted to get dropped off at the gym. So, I dropped him off at the gym, and then I had to circle back to go to Sunset to get Juicy. And it was like, oh, shit. I forgot there was cords that were being delivered that Joey needed. So, I had to go back home, even though it was pretty close. It's, you know. But it was a stop. You know, got the cords. Got to the silver nugget, ran the door, was in the middle of the first match, and it's like, oh, fuck, I forgot the envelopes. So I wanted to see the end of the match. So I saw the end of the match, and I fucking bolted. And it took me literally 15 minutes to get from the silver nugget to my house, which is on Russell and Mountain Vista. Like I was going 90, and but you can't go 90 on the roads on Eastern yeah. to get to the highway. So now there was a lot of right turns. So I was able to make things and get there. But on the way back, it was like five, six minutes before I was able to go a mile and a half to get back on the highway. So that ended up taking me about 19 minutes. So I literally walked back in as sharp. And, and TJP were in each corner. So I missed the women's match. And I missed the triple threat match. And I got there in time for the rest of the show. Now, I haven't looked back and seen. But I was told the women's match was okay. A little clunky. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the, the Hammerstone thing went over well. And... Again, you got three pros like that. I'm pretty sure, yeah. uh, you know, it would be that way. So, yeah, so I was gone for match two and three and came back. And the one thing I did notice was it's it's weird when you have eight matches and the shortest match is 10 to 12 minutes, yet the time is pretty much exactly what you wanted and maybe a little less, yet everybody kind of went on time.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: And the pros went on time. It's funny how the other guys never go on time.
1: (laughs) Well, that's... And I think that's a a very good uh, lesson for some of the guys to absorb. um, Which is nice, too, because it also shows that uh, your other... The guys you've been building, like uh, Lights Camera Faction or... Vandergrift and Damian Drake and, you know, guys who show that they are pros now. There's no doubt about it. And that's a good influence for uh, some of the younger kids. Um, you missed the uh, Hammerstone match. It was a very solid match. Uh, how is Sam Adonis to work with? I know that MK is, you know, that connection there. Um, You know, Sam's got a very good reputation uh, around the country now. Uh, Is it something that uh, when you have the opportunity to work with a guy like that, that it's absolutely a thrill to bring him in because he always delivers? I
0: I would use Sam Adonis on every show if it was possible. (laughs) You know, the problem is, you know, Roman Reigns has a true advocate in Paul Heyman. And he's called the wise man for a reason. The thing with Sam Adonis and MK is nobody really calls him the wise man. You know, I've heard the jack off, the douchebag, but I've never heard the word wise man when it came to MK. It's kind of crazy. But MK, I mean, Sam Adonis, that dude's a pleasure to work with. But again, me running around. I barely got to say hello. You know, I said, hey, what's up, blah, blah, blah. But again, because I was running back and forth. And now I left before their match started. And, you know, they do their own thing. So I didn't really get much of a chance to talk to him. But he's always uh, super pleasant. And, you know, talk to him online a little bit about what we're doing or whatever. And very, very easy to deal with. You know, I don't know how him and Brian Cage had heat all those years ago. It's, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, two, two uh, guys who are very smart to the business, and uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, and Kenny King, uh, you know, Kenny, is there a guy out there who shows every time he goes into the ring that he can, you know, it, it doesn't matter his age anymore? That he can just step in and whatever the storyline is, whatever the match is, Kenny just always knows how to go out there and deliver a great match. Is that just something, you know, and being a trainer for for you as well, is that something that is valuable for younger wrestlers to see and to know that like, hey, when you think about professional, you want to be like Kenny King.
0: Except when it comes to call times and being there, you know, I walked up to TJP and I said, hey, bro, you lost. He's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I'm like, you lost. It's like, what's that mean? I said, oh, you weren't the last guy to get here. Kenny beat you again. Because, you know, both of those guys you could count on. I figured they were actually together and they were going to walk in at the same time because they were at the same beach club hanging out. Cause I remember <laughs> the very first show and it was uh, that Kenny was doing at the silver nugget. It was against a uh, disco inferno and he was so late. And then he showed up at Jerry's nugget, I guess. And it was like, he tried to make up some excuse. And then later on, I was like, Oh, yeah. You know, when I got to the show, I saw Kenny was uh, still at, at the at the at the pool uh, at one of the casinos. And, and he tried to, like, lie right to my face on why he showed up 30 minutes before showtime, <laughs> let alone call time. So Kenny is very notorious for being that guy. But when it comes to the in ring and putting things together, one of the most knowledgeable guys that I've ever worked with. And, you know, Kenny's going to always give you something solid, you know. And, you know, you, you, you explain to Kenny what he wants, and it happens. And having Hammerstone in there, who I deal with all the time, it right. was like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. And that's all I got to say. Yeah. And I came back, and I'm like, oh, how was the triple threat? Oh yeah, it was perfect, just the way you wanted. The ending was this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, oh, perfect. And it's like, you know, if I left a school show, it would really be a toss up on which two matches in a row I'd feel comfortable leaving.
1: Um, <laughs> is is there is there a, a is there a, any? Uh names that come on top of your head that you would feel comfortable leaving at a school? Oh, yeah.
0: You know, again, it's the experience. You know, you look at the guys who've been around forever, and you look at the guys from the FSW roster who were on the Mecca, and those are the cream of the crop. Those were the guys who have shown time and time again. You know, uh, one of the last big shows, the Mecca, I think I had – I'm not sure if it was a Mecca. I don't know what it was, but I remember having Matt Vandegrift wrestle Kenny King. And I'm not sure if that was a Mecca. May have been the anniversary show. I don't know. But it's putting Kenny in with the best younger talent, if you could. You know, we've even done it in the past with Future Shock. You know, sell the most tickets and, and you get to work, you know, Kenny King. And, you know, the idea is you're going to learn from him because he is pretty much the, you know, there's a lot of respect for our trainers, but right. Kenny comes at a different level of respect uh, because, you know, he's a the guy they saw on TV, you know, as right. great as a sin Bode is, you know, he had a cup of coffee in WWE. He's really been making the grind on the Indies. Like a lot of these guys, Kenny King for 20 years, has been on television. You know, whatever it is, it's still Ring of Honor and Impact TV. He's held titles in every company he's been in. So, you know, he stands out. He's been our trainer, you know, longer than anybody, et cetera, et cetera. So when Kenny's there, you know, I always have to put it in advance because, again, he's notoriously late for that or, you know, he'll miss – he'll let me know 20 minutes before class. Hey bro, I can't make it today. Hey, thanks for telling me four hours in advance, you know, but when Kenny King's there, a lot of people are going to show up.
1: Yeah. Um, you had talked a little bit about the women's match. Um, you know, when you, when you do disappear, when you have to take care of something like that, uh, who do you rely on to convey you the information about, you know, something like the women's match when you get back? Um, what kind of set of eyes is it? Are you, um, are you listening to Joey?
0: Uh, if he's there, because when I get back, you know, Rocky's working the door just right. in case because we're, you know, there's still stragglers that are going to come in. So when I go back, it's going to be somebody I see. You know, so, you know, now I'm into match four the doors. There's really not going to be many tickets sold. So, you know, I might roam around. And then, you know, I'm by the back door. And then I saw Remy. So, you know, he gave me a breakdown of everything. And, you know, he came up with the idea, you know, sent me a video of the finish he was looking at in the Bodhi match. And, yeah. you know, sold it to Jake. Because, again, nobody wants to take pins if they don't have to. You know, everybody wants to win. And, right. you know, Jake Sky, uh, you know, riding high, beating Limelight, you know, in line for the No Limits title. And right. his pitch was for that double pin. And it came across very, very well, you yeah. know. And this scramble did way better than the last scramble. And yeah. the last scramble, there was a lot of hiccups. You know, there was a late addition. Uh, Juicy's plane was late. So when guys are discussing things, everybody wasn't really on the same page. So I kind of made sure that on this one, I was going to have the right set of people. You know, I felt Bodhi has made so many strides over the last year. You know, it's no more pre-show Mecca Bodhi. He needs to be seen in the spotlight. And at that point, Remy didn't really have a match. So I was going to have him in it. Uh, Juicy was going to be in it uh Vandergriff was going to be in it but then it was like hey i want to do this match i need a fourth team and i'd really like to have the unguided so they were both of course it was like hey matt if you don't want to do it just so you know your boy damien drake's not going to be on the show or he's going to be in a scramble but we might have enough people in the scramble." and you know matt obviously wants to do his thing damien drake wants to do his thing but they're still boys and yeah. they knew they were getting to wrestle some big guys and and Matt was the MVP in that match for just his cell job. You yeah. know, he stepped back and went out of his way to make everybody else look good. Yeah. Where in the past, it was always, you know, the Matt Vandergriff show. What super cool stuff is he going to do? It was like he was making, you know, Toa and Khan and all these guys look like the monsters they are. Yeah. You know, in a lot of situations it's difficult because you know my kids like well you know they weren't really needing that match you had those three big boys and it's like yeah but you needed that other dynamic and yep. it's like how do six big bad motherfuckers stand out if they're just beating up each other you know what yep. i mean so it's like yeah. it was a little step back it's a, it's a breather but it ain't a breather because these guys are zipping around and shit but then they're getting caught with big moves so you know again it's a four way tag. There's always going to be clunky situations and, and things. But overall, it's like, hey, what's, what happened to that FSW tag division? Well, now we got three teams from FSW's past who were basically main guys. You know, Tito and Shane May never have won the championships, mm-hmm. but they were a top tier tag team. You got the 1%, who I'm going to continue to call them, Royce and Jarrell in the, in the six-man tag. And then you had Toa with Juicy replaced by Khan. So he's another FSW tag team champion. So yeah. now all of a sudden, we don't have a good tag team division. We have one of the best tag team divisions. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we've already talked... You know, Tito and Che came back once before. They'll be back in April. Uh, I'll announce it right now. The tag team titles are going to be on the line a day of reckoning, April 30th. The 1%, my guys, the one that I put together, they will be challenging those fucking goofs. Lights, camera, faction who, you know, showed their true colors on uh, Sunday. When the going got tough. They had to jump Chris Bay because they yep. had to, they had to get the spotlight on themselves somehow. And it wasn't by winning the match.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I, speaking of that, how do you think um, the uh, lights camera faction, how do you think that they were in terms of holding their own with uh team filthy? Cause You know, those guys are, you know, all three of those guys are professionals. I mean, they are good. And did Lights, Camera, Faction live up to, you know, being able to hold their own with those guys?
0: Oh, there's there's no doubt about it. You know what I mean? It's like they are what guys like the 1% and Tito and Che were a few years ago, you know, they were on the, they were top guys for any ind- independent wrestling company. Yeah. Now the question is, do they, do they get the break? Do they put in the work? Do they continue on their path to now take a look? You know, we've always bragged. I've Not we, me. I've always bragged about the legacy of the FSW Heavyweight Championship from right. guy to guy. And now it's Ice Williams's job because a guy like Solo Sokoa Sefa was in line till he got signed. So right. we replaced that and said, hey, but take a look at our women's champion. She got signed. And Maz has been all over the place. So, right. but if you look at the legacy of tag champions, you know, you could you could count Hammerstone with Graves. He was a tag champ. But right. the one percent who were put together, you know, they they were, you know, longtime tag champs. They were they they were our tag champs twice. Right. So look at the roster and look at guys, look at Jacob Austin Young. You know, you, you forget because he's been with us forever, but this year he broke out to be in New Japan. Gregory Sharp broke out to be in New Japan. So now we have that tag team division. And it reminds us, you know, from when it was before China. And we had the gods of war with Hammerstone and Graves. And we had Tito and Che, who used to have some barn burners. And the Commandos and the Reno Scum. And Remy and Jack, the whirlwind gentlemen. And all these teams that we had. And, you know, for a while, it was kind of difficult because it was TBD who got put together, but it was Sky High. It was the Suavecitos. It was the faction. So there wasn't a lot of teams. And the the other issue was they were all local. So from Future Shock to high octanes, Those guys were wrestling each other probably more times than they really needed to. So now the excitement wasn't there. You know, I'm looking and it's like, wow, I'd love to see Gates of Agony versus Tito and Che standalone match. You know, I'd love to see the 1% against Che and Tito. Like to see Sky High wrestle, you know, all those guys. And now right. we're going to see the faction. But, you know, if they get by Royce and Jarrell, awesome. But, you know, Tito and Che aren't a flash in the pan. You know, they're they're they're, they're going to be lurking for, for tag team titles. And now, you know, we've seen success from a team that we brought in, the Regulators, and they're really gelling. So they got a big match on the 14th with the Suavecitos. So, you know, we're going to see the Suavecitos, you know, they they talk a big game. Well, now it's time for them to step up because, you know, we called them the Suavecitos, and it's funny because Che and Tito were under the masks, and they were the Papacitos. So, (laughs) you know, there's always these people, especially in Vegas, oh, you know, he's a Joe DeFalco guy. He's a Joe DeFalco guy, and it's like, yeah, Joe DeFalco guys, guys like Royce and Jarrell who became guys that went to Japan and worked for New Japan and Tito who, who wrestled the biggest stars because they were guys I like dealing with. They were easy to deal with, key words, easy yeah. to deal with, did what you needed them to do, and they were great at what they did even back then. But they were great at what they did, but not for that next level. And now they're next level. And because of the great working relationship that we have, they have become affordable to me. And we've been able to work out deals to where they're willing to come in. And whether, you know, it's every other show or every third show, it's still going to be, you know, semi-frequent. Everybody's not in every show anyway. It's like, yeah. you know, we hadn't used Hammerstone. We used him, you know, all the time. And it's like, thank you for your service, as they like to say. And it was like, bring him back. And, you know, he's he's already penciled in for the anniversary show uh, in June that hopefully by next week the contract will be signed for the Silverton, but that's where the uh, show is supposed to be at. And you never say never, or you don't say, oh, it's for sure in this business because of the way things are, right. but, you know, also talking with the big AEW weekend, we got a lot of shit going on. So I let hammer know if I uh, got a big match for him, I'm definitely going to hit him up to see if he's available. So, you know, the the one thing that came out of the show was the disappointment of, of the gate, like I said, yeah. and you know, whether it's more marketing, whether it's more street teams, you know, I really need to step back and look and see, you know, how do we get things? You know, we had those issues the last couple of shows, but the walk up was very, very strong where we had a decent walk up on this one. And it's right. like, wow, this is one of the best cards we've had in a very, very long time. You know, our Mecca only good when there's big shows in town. Do, do Mecca does the Mecca happen only during AEW weekend that, that, you know, like with ring of honor, you know, maybe that was a mistake on our part because what GCW is doing, we didn't know that the Friday was going to be canceled. So we knew we weren't going to get the Saturday night. Now the Saturday night is available. If we wanted it, we could have done a Mecca and we could have gotten, you know, a big show in. And unfortunately, the timing was, hey, I already had held Friday night for us, just in case, and yeah. just in case with GCW. So you know, they take the date. Well, they, you know, they're they they're the they're the top dog that's running. You know, AEW is right. AEW. You we know, don't, you know, they they got their own thing. But when we're doing stuff, and this year we're, it looks like we're not really doing everything together, so everybody's kind of doing their own thing. So. You know, but we're excited. You know, we've hooked up with some partners, the future legends and looking for some big things there. So it's like, but now we got to, you know, always, always got to, always got to be working, man. It's just like a wrestler. Just because you've been doing right. it for 14 years doesn't mean you can't improve. And, you know, w- we want to have 500. We want to have a thousand, you know, whatever it takes. The anniversary is coming up back to the Silverton there should be no excuse, you know, that, oh, the Silverton, I can't wait, man. Oh, it's closer. Oh, it's nicer. Oh, okay. Well get her done.
1: Yeah. Um, speaking of that, what, what would be your feelings on Silverton if, uh, if they, if the crowd is bigger, um, you know, for for this first show back, uh, does Silverton then w- get a little more interested in talking maybe long-term contracts? Well, we got
0: three shows. We got three shows oh. signed. Or we have three shows on escrow. Right. <laughs> so we're looking at most likely August 27th, which I believe would be Survival of the Fittest. Okay. We have the 20th on hold and the 27th. And last time I spoke, and again, things can change. You know, I wanted to make sure our champions were all available. And one was available the 27th and not the 20th. Another was available both. So I just need to double check, you know, make sure life is beautiful and every big festival and EDC and, Like, this year, you know, last year, AEW Weekend EDC ran, too. Right. So, it's like, you know, I vowed never to run against EDC. Well, didn't have a fucking choice. Right. So, this year, they're running the week before. So, you know, that makes, you know, the hotel rooms a little cheaper. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So, we're looking at, you know, the, the June 18th, for sure, and most likely April 27th. And then... Against All Odds is usually the the final pay-per-view of the year in November. Uh, and that would be Against All Odds. So I'm pretty certain those were the three. Because why would I want to do any other shows at the Silverton? Let's do the three biggest on the way out. To where hopefully that becomes something that they're, they're good with. Making it a longer term relationship. You know, I still got to talk to... Sam's town. Not that I expected to go anywhere, you know, send an email. Sure. I sent 50 before. Didn't fucking matter.
1: <laughs> um, and question about Silverton. I don't know exactly when the hotel is actually going to be reopened. The, uh, you know, the refurbishment's been going on. Have you ever noticed in the past that you do pick up uh you know, stragglers who might be staying at the hotel and see, oh, hey, there's a wrestling show. I got nothing.
0: Oh, of right. course. Yeah. Uh, we have a longtime fan uh, that comes to our show that didn't know about it. They lived in California and they were in town. They stayed at the Silverton, came to the show, and then they moved to Vegas. And now, you know, because of work, it's been, you know, issues. But they've come to twenty shows since that. So, okay. so yeah, of course. But you also got to remember the main thing that's great about the Sil- Silverton is there's a marquee, and you know right. they rotate ten different things. And our thirty second video clip is right on the highway, where tens of thousands of people will see that. Right. Every single day, yeah. So, you know, you can't beat the free publicity on that one.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, if you if you think about, is it a harder draw? Is the silver nugget is it a harder draw? Just because of the distance, the area it's in. Um, has that ever been an issue that it's, you know, it's an arena that you can use. People do go there. But at the same time, it's not one of the hot spots that, you know, is readily available because it's not right off the highway. It's not in the, you know, uh, the best part of town. Um, is is that always, has that been a factor to why maybe sometimes uh, numbers are lower as well?
0: People say that, but that's like inner workings of our people and people come to the show, but they come to the show. Last year, 900 people didn't have a problem going to GCW with the Silver Nugget. Right. It's like if there is an event that you really want to go to, you're going to it. You know, it's not in the middle of fucking Beirut. Right. You know, it's not the best area, but who says Boulder highway where Samstown is, is the best area. Right. It's just Sam's town's a better place. Got a full casino, you know, but Boulder highway, the whole stretch of it, it's a shithole. Right. So, you know, for anybody to use that as the reasoning, well, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's going to do what they need to do. But I, you know, If you'll go to a GCW show, then why wouldn't you go to an FSW show? The reason you didn't go to the FSW show was probably because maybe you just didn't want to.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it's hard. It's hard for me to believe that the silver nugget is, oh, man, I love John Morrison, but I ain't going there. Because, (laughs) you know, we've run 20 shows there. You know, how many issues have we ever had? Oh, yeah. Zero.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: is
1: that what you're saying, <laughs> yeah. Abs- no. Absolutely. It's yeah. The perception versus the reality, and that's a great point. Um. So we pretty much covered. Oh, well, the last, of course, the last match uh, of Mecca we haven't talked about is uh, Effie versus uh, Videl. Are you, uh, are you an Effie fan now?
0: I've never not been an Effie fan. You you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, my God, I really got to have Effie on the show. You know, I give all the credit in the world to anybody who gets themselves over as, you know, a a huge attraction. Uh, I think at our show, we saw a lot of people who have no idea who Effie is. Yeah. So there was spurts in the crowd that were that when he came out that they were excited about. Right. But unfortunately there were a lot of people because our fans are, are more strong WWE, AEW, you know, those fans. So they don't know who he is. You know, the, you know, we, we have some of those fans, you know, do we have GCW fans? Sure. But we have everybody knew who John Morrison was that came to that show. Sure. You know, you could see there was a reaction when a Toa came out. And I don't think it was because, hey, Toa wrestled for FSW. It's because they seen Ring of Honor. They see him on AEW. They see teams with, with, with Brian Cage. So, and he's a big monster dude. So, people who really aren't sure, I'm like, holy shit, this is a big motherfucker. You yeah. know, he comes in and it's funny because... Uh, last week at the school, we're hoping we're on WrestleMania, you know, Ricochet and Braun Strowman were in the, uh, in the, in the, at the school and they were working on some stuff because they were doing a shoot for, they were training. So they shot it for WrestleMania and, you know, we started talking because I had Ricochet back in the IWF shows back in Phoenix when I did them. Right. Well, one time I did a back to back show. So we did Vegas Friday for an anniversary show. And then Saturday we did the IWF. And he probably wrestled a Chris Sabin or something like that. And yeah. him and Rich Swan were the inner city machine guns at the time. PWG was about the only place on the West Coast. So most people had no idea who Ricochet was. And it was like, this right. is the future of the fucking business right there. So we do the tag match, they get introduced. They come out to all night long, you know, that they dance to. And I see people going like, these are the guys wrestling the Reno scum. Who the fuck are these motherfuckers? They're going to get fucking murdered. Yeah. And then like two minutes in, it's just like, oh, please come back. Like within two minutes. And that's the thing that if you don't know somebody and we've learned in FSW, as good as you are. It takes consistency for the crowd to care about you individually. And, again, if we were coming off a Ring of Honor weekend and had Effie, there was probably a lot more Ring of Honor fans who would have been aware with GCW and Effie. And I guarantee you, if we did that match GCW weekend, which maybe we missed the boat, maybe we should have waited because – you know, Jay Vidal, you know, one of the biggest up and coming LGBTQ wrestlers, wrestling yep. Effie, appears at the gay brunch on WrestleMania, where now Jay's going to get even more notoriety next week. Right. Maybe I should have waited because the next month, Effie's going to be in town with GCW and FSW is wow. doing a show. And Joe DeFalco fucked up. I just realized it right now. That I fucked up. You know, it was fine, but it would have been a much bigger match. Uh,
1: Memorial Day
0: weekend.
1: A hundred and uh, roughly 150 some odd episodes. Joe DeFalco. And 58,
0: and 58 years I was wrong, finally.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's the first realization of how does it okay. feel wrong, Joe?
0: <laughs> My wife better find the tape. I've never uh, been. I've never been wrong with her.
1: <laughs> when you think of uh, something like that, the um, you know the crowd not necessarily knowing someone. Um, do you think that one of the things FSW might do is uh, you know the video vignettes? before the uh, entrances for matches to give a little bit of setup?
0: Well, we have in certain situations. But, again, there's only so much time. You know, you can only ask Mikey to do so much, you know. I run out of carts when I deal with Mikey. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, here's a little cash. And they say, hey, can I get a cart? I'm like, okay. Hey, hey, bro, I got – I got this really good video I'm gonna send you. Oh, by the way, you got a cart? You know. I got no more carts left. Mike, <laughs> Mikey's looking at me like a little puppy dog, like, you got a cart? I'm like, they're all gone, motherfucker. You took them all.
1: <laughs> um, so that that was Mecca. We we covered all of Mecca and uh the next thing coming up for uh, FSW is April 14th at the uh, FSW Arena, correct?
0: That is correct. Uh, we are building to a pay-per-view that will be held at the FSW Arena. You know, once a year, we like to do a really, really big show at, at the FSW Arena. Yeah. And just because, hey, we couldn't get the Silverton, we got the thing in May, you know, let, 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 let's keep it a little... Uh, a little grounded, not over overpay for a room. That you know, there there's so much going on in April, uh, right. in May. That let's let's keep it at the arena, but you know, the thirtieth day of reckoning is going to be a huge show. But we're also going to continue some setups of what we had to storyline to the thirtieth. So, like, right now, we know we're going to be doing uh, Damian Drake versus Cutthroat Cody. Uh, We know we're doing the Regulators versus the Suavecitos. Uh, We have contacted them, and we we will be doing an in-ring interview with the former tag team champions, TBD, who, you know, have lost for the third straight time. They, yeah. were, they were the tag team of the year in 2022. So, yeah. you know, think, things are awry for TBD. Uh-huh. So we're going to discuss that. But we also have the FSW women's champion, Viva Van, will be there. The No Limits champion, Danny Lamlight will be there. The Faction will be there. So, you know, there is a lot of shit going on that show class will be there. Remy will be there. And uh, I'm actually trying to put it together because right now, you know, Viva's in limbo in terms of, Hey, who's next in line. So I think for the first time ever, we are going to have a 10 woman battle Royal where the winner will wrestle Viva van Later that night. Probably the main event. So, right now, I have scheduled to be there. I have Alice Blair. I have Tanaya. I have Rochelle Riveter. I have Milo. And I've put the word out because I just came up with the idea yesterday when I was driving in the car. (laughs) Back from the school because somebody asked me about hey what's happening on the 14th, and then it was like so who's Viva going to work? And I'm like hey you know what a battle royal would be cool you know I'm going to reach out to Jay Rod. There's Brittany Brooks in Arizona. There's right. there's a lot of women who've uh, hit me up over the last couple months that are looking for an opportunity. So yeah. we think we can easily fill uh, ten spots. You know, for that situation, you know, we got a uh, a trainee that has a little bit of experience that might be ready uh, for for that match. We're going to see because, you know, still a little more than two weeks away. Yeah. So I'm going to get with the trainers on that. But, you know, there's definitely women from Arizona and California that have been wanting to get an opportunity and it may not be a match, but you know, it's a good way to see attitudes and personalities and see if they're willing to work the FSW way. You know, they, they always talk about, you have to work the WWE style. Well, there's the FSW way. I know you can go to, you, you know, you can go into California and you can get booked on your regular shows and probably make a decent amount of money more because they're just running a random one-off show that they're going to put you on. If we're going to use you, we probably want to use you more than once. So there's ways of doing things to work FSW shows and you have to be willing to do it. If you're not, well then it becomes pointless because if you're miserable, I don't fucking want you here. Right. And it goes to the locals. If you don't like it, then you have a choice. You're not doing me the favor. I'm doing you the favor. By putting you younger people on. So when a younger talent, male or female, wants an opportunity, like Chris Nasty, who messages me like, hey, bro, I'm going to be around uh, AEW Weekend. You know, maybe he's doing dark. I don't know. But maybe he's going to be around. So by informing me, I know in my head, whether Joey's show or somebody's show, Chris Nasty Who's pretty well established on the West Coast yeah. will come here and again will work for a fair price. And if it's a little less than what he's used to getting, he's okay with it because he's trying to earn his way onto the main roster and earn his way into a casino show. Right. So he's willing to do what needs to be done, just like a primo who got that opportunity. And again, we've had great success with the Santino guys and, you know, Joey obviously has done a tremendous job where it's opportunity and exposure over money. And a lot of those guys work for Marquez and Marquez broadcast that the money's going to be limited, but we're going to give you experience, exposure, working for TV. And I, you know, I knew for years, I used to be like, Oh yeah, that was a great way of just saying they're not paying you the exposure box, things like that. But as I've grown in the business, I've understood that a little more. There's a lot of money going out there to give you an opportunity. Chris Bay, you know, he does things for us. He works for us because we trained him. We took care of him, but he's genuinely appreciative of the situation. You know, after the show, he's like, Hey man, I just really want to thank you because He knows John Morrison, his favorite price is still a lot of money. It's John fucking Morrison. He's been doing it for 20 years, you know. So I'm willing to put that out in risk of not making money to give opportunities the same way when I would bring in a Chris Masters for cross. Or I would bring in when he comes back and Jacob Fatu and, and all these guys that you're bringing in that are costing a lot more money because you want to get your best people that opportunity. You know, Gregory Sharp's been chomping at the bit to wrestle TJP. And now I was able to, and that was pretty much the second match signed after Bay and Morrison. TJ hit me up from Japan like, Hey bro, I'm going to be in town. You're going to book me. I'm ready. And I'm like, okay, TJ. And I'm like, so, you know, we're going to have the match. And again, didn't really talk about that match. That was the first match I saw. And again, extremely solid. And it's kind of weird, you know. I'm not sure if it's because of his success as a tag team champion in New Japan and working New Japan strong that more people from our fan base are seeing TJP in different situations because it sure seems that he was more reacted to than he used to be and he's been doing it for 15 years. So I'm not talking 12 years ago. I'm talking three or four years ago when he was still the youngest guy to wrestle in the Tokyo dome. And we used him at Silverton and him and funny bone killed it. But the reaction always to me was, Hey, nobody, you know, a lot of people aren't buying tickets to see TJP, but at the end of the day, when the show's over, one of the first things they're going to say is, Man, that fucking TJP match was the best one on the show. You yeah. know, I always brag about the anniversary two day weekend that out of the 18 matches we had, TJP and Matt Vandegrift to me was the best match of that weekend. Yeah. Sure. And, you know, TJP filled in. When Davy Richards missed the flight or whatever it was, the fucking snowstorm. And he stepped in for Hammerstone and Cage in a triple threat match at the Mecca in February. And he killed it there. No matter yeah. where you talk about TJP, that motherfucker's always killing it. You know, again, yeah. he gives me a great deal. He lives in Vegas. You know, he heard about the Silverton and he's like, hey, Joe, when's the, uh, the Silverton show? I'm like, yeah, bro, it's the, the anniversary, uh, June 18th. He's like, oh, can I get on that one? I'm like, any chance you can uh, bring that rate down a little bit more? Because, you know, Joe's always trying to move and shake. I, I got to, you know, get those prices. We got to pay the Silverton.
1: You know, right.
0: we're paying the Silver Nugget. And it's like, man, the deal I already give you. I'm like, I know. I am not saying that you don't. I'm just saying how about I give you a hundred less and gas money to the Silverton? That's a mile from your house. <laughs> you know, every little dollar counts. You know, I'm not really trying to nickel and dime, but I'm trying to nickel and dime a little bit to, you know, <laughs> massage things.
1: Right, right, um, and you know, uh, Unless you I'm- want
0: to sponsor them, and then you throw me the cash, and then I'll say, TJ. You got to go on the Bad Boys podcast.
1: Hey, you know, we yeah. can talk about that. That's
0: what I'm saying.
1: And Greg Sharp, my God, um, he just every time he goes out there, he just has it now. He, I, I'm waiting for that one of the companies to be like, yeah, let's bring him in.
0: Well. You know, he is a guy who's been around a long time, but he's still only like 31 years old. Yeah. So, you know, people talk about, hey, I, I saw a post. It was kind of funny because they're talking about L.A. Nights. And it's like, calm down, everybody. This guy's not the future of the business. He's 40 years old. Right. And. I figured we lost you. We were both circling of death.
1: Yeah, something just went totally. So yeah, I was in the
0: middle. I'll go right back to it. Yeah. About LA Knight at 40, and it was like 40 is the new 30. And it's the truth because you know, most guys that are really getting it now are like between 35 and 45. Right. You know, that's why guys like Austin Theory, people are and especially in WWE are excited about. Because the dude's in his early to mid 20s.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you and know, you...
0: cross cross has got to be close to 38, I believe.
1: Yeah. So
0: yeah. it's like, yeah, we're investing in you, but Austin Theory is a the guy that's going to be with us in 15 years. At 38, right. odds are if you got five more years, you're good.
1: You know, and that's interesting too. I, I had to look it up. So Bruno San Martino was born in nineteen thirty-five. In so 19- is
0: he coming out of retirement, you're saying?
1: <laughs> if he can get himself out of the grave, yeah, hey, you know.
0: It's Bruno, it's possible.
1: Yeah, no kidding. But what's interesting is in 1986, WrestleMania 2, he did the battle royal. So he was only if I think his birthday was probably right around that time. So let's call him 51 years old.
0: Oh, he, he was, was old, old by then.
1: He yeah. Was he old. was old. He was, was like, like in
0: semi-retirement, like 40. Right. He probably didn't wrestle for five years until he did that.
1: that. Or he was he was doing because at that time, too, David San Martino was just kind of starting out. So a lot of times, they'd bring him in to tag with David to, to give him the rub.
0: I remember seeing an old Madison Square Garden show, and it was like a steel cage match with Macho Man Randy Savage and Bruno. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember if it was a tag match, because if David was in it, I I blocked it out of all of memory. It's funny. If you're a second-generation wrestler and your first name is David, you have yeah. to suck.
1: Yes, yeah, seriously. Um, No but yeah That's just such an interesting point That here is someone who's Considered you know the greatest Of his era there The late 60s and and the 70s And Yet at 51 He was already Washed up you know He was a legend more so than Than uh, Uh, I'd be
0: interested to see how old Pedro Morales was because he always looked like he was old. And right. I'm thinking like Pedro Morales won the title at like 40. But I could be totally off because he looked old.
1: Yeah, and he was also <laughs> always uh always letting they always let you know that he was the first triple crown champion. Let's see. Oh, he he was born in 1942 so
0: so there you go when he was the champ when was that in like the mid-70s uh
1: yeah i'm trying to see really quick here uh world heavyweight championship. he beat
0: stan stasiak it might have been 1973 for some reason i remember that that date and that would have only made him 31 years old And at 31, he was like the the crafty veteran, you know?
1: Right. I wonder if I'm
0: wrong. Yeah. He beat him in December 1st of 1973. Yeah. Wow. By 40, you were done. You were done. Yeah. It was like baseball. You know, you became 35, 36. Boy, now you're 32 and you're getting nine-year contracts, and now they release you by the time you're 36, 37. It's weird how back in the day, yeah. in like the late 80s, you can last into the 40s.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, what's interesting about the idea, too, of just uh, being able to elongate your career because of the fact that most of the guys now, um, no matter how they're doing it, they are – taking care of their bodies way better than, you know, the beer drinking car ride, uh, guys of the, uh, you know, the, the territory days. Um, so it's, it's interesting that, and I'll tell you at SmackDown LA night was so over. It was amazing.
0: Well, you're welcome LA night for working FSW got them over (laughs) But yeah, you know it's the same thing. Look at Morrison.
1: Yeah, how Jesus.
0: great a shape is John in? And I know he's over forty.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's like I have yeah. to now look because it's it's Google mania, Google search of mania. John Morrison got his height, got his age, forty three years old. Yeah. Guy's yeah. in fantastic shape. He's in better shape than 90% of <laughs> our guys.
1: Yeah. It's... And he's
0: training for his boxing match on April 15th. I'll give him a plug.
1: There we go. Check him you know, out? I
0: don't even know who he's fighting, but you got to be rooting for John because he's fucking fighting some YouTube influencer. So right. – Who doesn't want to hope that a YouTube influencer gets his ass beat? Uh,
1: I'd say, uh, you know, maybe uh, Logan Paul at WrestleMania.
0: I'll tell you what, man. He would be number one on my list. Like, I thought at least Jake Paul was all right. Logan Paul, what a fucking bum. This guy's a fucking idiot. But you know what? He's come out. He's a very good professional wrestler. Who's The experience he has, shit. You know, guys should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, if that's what their their career goal is, that this part time guy who's got a bunch of other shit going on could put forth the effort he does to put on matches in front of thousands of people and kill it.
1: Yeah, it's so
0: anybody who doesn't respect that is just a delusional fuck who's probably jealous because you know they can't get on shows.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting nowadays. Um, you know, just all those all those factors and uh what's been going you know, on.
0: And he's got the greatest, you know, drink company in the world. Prime Hydration.
1: <laughs> oh man. i uh, it just just brilliant, 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 brilliant. And uh I'm actually really looking forward to seeing him at WrestleMania. Uh any matches stand out to you for WrestleMania? Something you're... you're- uh,
0: who's wrestling again?
1: So <laughs> You know, so- I'm
0: very disappointed. It's like I okay. look at WrestleMania, and right now, of course, the trifecta. Solo Sokoa, LA Knight, and Karrion Cross. Three champions in FSW. And none of those motherfuckers got a match. Are you kidding me? Like, hey, yesterday we we're talking at the school. They're like, oh, yeah, but those guys, they're, you know, they're in the Battle Royal. I'm like, bro, it's on SmackDown. It's not the WrestleMania Battle Royal anymore. It's the fucking SmackDown Battle Royal. You're going to tell me Bobby Lashley's not going to get a match? You couldn't have fucking Karrion Cross lay out Bobby Lashley and set up a match? Like, what the fuck? That's, um and that's always that's why, why there's B, I'll tell you
1: Um do we see uh do we see Safa uh turn on uh Roman?
0: I can't believe at WrestleMania they would do that. They, yeah. they you know there there's a build to everything and so, Cody Rhodes is going to win the title. And the the ending moment is not going to be Cody Rhodes holding up the title. It's going to be Solo Sokoa beating up Roman Reigns. No well, fucking you, chance.
1: But if you were booking it, would that be the...
0: <laughs> no, if I was booking it, I wouldn't have had Cody Rhodes win. So, there you go.
1: There we go. Uh, Any final, uh, but I
0: understand it. Then, and, and yeah. sometimes you want to go with the plan. And Cody's over, you know. There's no yeah. doubt about it. It's just, you know, to me, that bloodline storyline spent so much time that it, it was it was basically that movie that you watch. That's like, man, this movie's great. You're a minute hour and forty five in. You know, another thirty minutes will wrap it up, and then nine yeah. minutes later, it was over. It was yeah. like, wait, wait, what happened? What happened to everything leading into the finish? And it was like right. they compacted everything because they had to get out Sammy and they had to bring in Cody. And right. again, I yap about it, but it's not Cody Rhodes' fault. You know what I mean? Right. It's just that to me, that storyline had been built up so good that I just think they rushed the ending yeah. because they had they had to April 1st was the fucking deadline. So right. it wasn't like they were able to do it. Hey, let's hold off the match. We'll do it at the May 14th paper. Right. Well, it's fucking WrestleMania. You got to do it then. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, if it progresses, Sami Zayn and Owens, I guess, but it's like big deal. They're going to win. So that's what comes out of it. Zayn and Owens beat the Usos for the tag titles. Okay. Yeah. Fucking fantastic. So, honestly, I, I, I'm interested to see uh, Theory and Cena. Yeah. Because, you know, I've seen the odds. And the odds say Theory uh, has no shot of losing uh, unless uh, – somebody shoots him outside the apron and he can't get up for the count of 10 you know what i mean it's like something bad's got to happen for austin theory not to win that match
1: well and you know i think uh one of the things that we kind of thought uh on our show was that um actually cena cena wins the match because theory Gets disqualified or something like that, so theory will retain the title, but but Cena will win. The well,
0: match. then then you better get to bet online because it's who's going to win the match, not the title. Ah. so ah. you could put because the limit's fifty bucks, but you could put fifty bucks on Cena and you'd win four hundred. Oh, ah. so that's why I can't believe he's going. to – But again, it's never not happened. Like Lesnar right. was a huge underdog against Undertaker.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, there you have it. WrestleMania gambling odds. <laughs> um, yes. Any, any final thoughts, Joe, as we wrap up here?
0: Nah, man. It's like, you know, it's, it's rusted relaxation. You know, I, I like to chill after a couple of, uh, you know, big events like the Mecca. You know, yeah. Joey's already hitting me up because he's trying to get the, the things out, and I get in. And it's like, the thing is, I've already kind of set. What we're looking to do, the fourteenth and thirtieth. So, you know, just chilling to get my mind frame just away from it for a few days. It's like I'm always thinking about it. I know what I'm doing. I for the next couple events. I know the anniversary we're looking at. I'm trying to get deals done. So in reality, it's there's no free time. That's what's kind of crazy. It's like I'm sitting here, and what are we doing this date? And what are we doing that date? And a hey, Hey, here's a flyer. What do you think of the color scheme? Hey, what do you think of the design? So the majority of my day is spent watching my 34 streaming services. And, you know, which show am I going to watch? But, you know, I got uh, Maroon 5 uh, taking the wife on Wednesday. So we're going to that. Uh, I got my childhood best friend coming in next week. So we probably will have to tape the... uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, we got a golf date, so uh, we won't be able to record Dan, So he'll be in town for four or five days. So we'll go to eat. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll be a tourist. We'll be I'll be on the strip a couple times, but of course I got to take him uh, to the steakhouse at Sunset Station. Get my sure. casino host to give me the big comp. You know what I mean? Shout out to my guy Scott who got me at least two rooms for the uh, for the Mecca. Saved me a few bucks.
1: There we go. There we go. Uh, Yeah, Sunset Station Casino. If you're in Vegas, uh, check it out. It's in uh, Henderson. And there's the plug. So hopefully, yeah, uh, there's the
0: plug. You know, so yeah, we got, you know, again, big year. I was looking and it's like, you know, there's so much stuff going on. I was looking at uh, Brian's uh, calendar at the Las Vegas wrestling scene. You know how many fucking shows there are this month? Take a guess.
1: I so I'm gonna say April. there's in April. I'm gonna say there's eleven.
0: Yeah, you must have looked. There's eleven.
1: No, that was that was a pure guess off the top. Because of my head.
0: Lucha Vavoom's in town, they got like three right. nights. We got two. Who's got right. one? Who's got one? Who's got one? Who's got one? Who's got one? And who's got one? Right. Yeah. You know?
1: Hopefully they'll draw,
0: you know, uh, more than twenty people.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then May, we probably got like eleven shows that weekend, right? And it was, and Joey's like, hey, you know, because we got the May twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty seventh, you know, because yeah. we're still waiting on GCW. Because now all of a sudden they're talking about wanting to maybe do something on the Saturday, and it's like, bro, we need to do something good. We can't, you can't get both nights now, you know. Right. And, like, I had Joey penciled in for the afternoon on the Sunday for the 12 o'clock. I liked his name, Second Generation. Nice right. play nice play on, you know, who the owner is. Yep. And, you know, I also was talking about doing an Effie Gay Brunch on the, on the noon, uh, talking about FSW GCW 2 at the noon, doing FSW GCW 2 on that night on Saturday night, uh, doing Natural Born Killers on that Saturday night, so, yeah, who the fuck knows, we, we you know, obviously, Wrestlemania week starts for GCW, so, nail- I can't nail down Brett on a Tuesday when he's got nothing going on, so, obviously, after Wrestlemania, then we're gonna really need to sit down and and figure everything out,
1: yeah. Well, there you have it, everyone. Uh, a lot of wrestling going on, like Joe said, this, uh, this coming April. So uh, go out, support the local indie scene, and come out to FSW on April 14th and April 30th. And uh, until next time, everyone, we'll talk to you guys.